0: Get ready for the Rethink Retail Bash, the hottest party of 2023. On January 16th, you'll experience an invite-only party just for retailers and the can't-miss cocktail party during NRF. Join us as we bring together and announce the next wave of global retail leaders and top retail influencers. RSVP for the Rethink Retail Bash today. Hello and welcome to the Rethink Retail podcast and to the first episode of 2023. I'm Gabriela Bach and here to ring in the new year with me today is my guest, Monica Regali. She's the vice president of global brand management at Jansport, which is an American brand of backpacks and collegiate apparel owned by VF Corporation. Welcome to the show, Monica. I'm really happy to be here, Gabriela. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And it's great to have you here today with us. Jansport is a brand that, you know, many of us, especially those of us, you know, growing up in the 90s, have grown to know and love over the years. You know, we've carried you with us throughout all of our kind of academic careers. So it's great to have you on the show. But I know Jansport, you know, you guys originated well before the 90s when I was first introduced to the brand. And I think you guys have a pretty interesting kind of backstory. So I would love to hear a little bit more. Um, if you could tell our audience about Jan Sport and you know how the brand got started and and where it stands today. Yeah. So when we talk about heritage brand
1: heritage, there's actually two zones of heritage that are relatable to most audiences, and, and and one is the one you just talked about, which is during the nineties and early two thousands when jam sport was huge and everywhere. And you know, we were we were kind of like a pop pop culture icon in that time. But our roots come from the 60s. So like when we talk about heritage internally, we talk about our founders who were backpackers and um, and also kind of like side entrepreneurs, you know, innovation, curious dudes. And they wanted to make a backpack to climb up uh, Mount Rainier. And so they built this aluminum frame to carry all their stuff, but they didn't really know how to sew. So one of the one of the guys, Murray, conned his girlfriend <laughs> into making the body materials for this backpack, and they entered <laughs> it into a contest. and her name, is Jan, and so they said, Jan, like if you sew the, you know, the fabrics for this backpack, that we're going to enter it into a contest. Like we'll name the company after you, I promise. And so they won the contest with their aluminum framed backpack, and they called the company JanSport. So that's like the original heritage of the brand. But you made a really good point. Um, JanSport goes everywhere with everyone, and our tagline, tagline, our, you know, our brand story is
0: always with you.
1: And there's a reason
0: for that, because we, we're kind of always with the young people. Yeah, you, you mentioned that the the backpack was originally used for, you know, hikers who were trying to hike Mount Rainier. So how did that kind of evolve then from a hiker's backpack into a backpack that, you know, you see on 10-year-olds walking to school or the freshmen entering other college year, you know, kind of how did... How did that um, you know transpire
1: yeah it, it was a it's been a 50-year journey so it didn't happen overnight but Jansport started in the outdoor industry and so we were alongside brands um, like Patagonia and Eagle Creek back then so kind of people were like outdoor brands but uh, those two guys I was talking about their names are Skip Yowl and Murray his cousin they wanted to go a little bit broader and they want they were started to kind of, you know, take notes on what students were carrying their books in. They lived in Washington, they did a little research at University of Washington, and they found that most students were carrying their books under their arm. And there was no way to keep their stuff dry in a really rainy climate. So they started using materials from the automotive industry, like seat belts and, you know, um, upholstery, from, you know, from cars, and they started building these leather bottoms to their packs and started selling them at the University of Washington bookstore, and that's where Jansport really took off as a student brand. So when I think about Jansport, I kind of think of it as a brand that was born out of romance, you know, because of Jana Marie, Mm -hmm. and uh, and innovation, because Skip and Murray started, really started innovating and, and thinking about how to serve students better with a a backpack that carried their stuff and kept their stuff dry. So we've kind of continued that spirit. Um, there's still a lot of romance in our brand in the way that we talk to consumers and the way that we innovate. Um, but we're always looking at how to how to better serve um, our consumers,
0: not just students, but all people. I, I just think it's such a fascinating story. And, you know, GN Sport isn't just, you know, a brand of backpack. You guys kind of created the backpack, you know, you created this this tool that that almost, you know, every child has used at some point in their lives. So I just I think that's just kind of such a, a fascinating story. Really setting trends for a brand that is more than half a century year old. It's really amazing to see how you guys have kind of been able to evolve and remain relevant among, you know, several generations now taking it to present day. So today's consumers, I would imagine your core consumer group is now probably the Gen Z, maybe leaning into a little bit Gen Alpha as well now. So I kind of want to start there and, and take it to present day and, and kind of hear from you, You know, what are kind of some of the big trends, some of the big expectations you're seeing with your, your core consumers? yeah, so
1: this is this is a complicated audience we are attempting to make an emotional connection with. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's not easy. it's It's also not easy from our consumers' lens because that gen Z audience, you know we 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 define it as like a fourteen to twenty two year old um and our and our kind of our our core target zone in terms of our communication and our outreach is right in that sixteen to eighteen age mm-hmm. group. They are exposed to so much. I mean, this generation is the most evolved generation in terms of technology, in terms of, you know, how many messages are coming at them, in terms of what they have access to than any generation since the history of, you know, time. (laughs) So how does a 50-year-old brand like ours actually have any meaning to this generation? We think about Mm -hmm. that all the time and what we keep going back to is you know how can we how can we build something that helps them you know simplify their day or has some meaning to them beyond just this is a thing to put my books in or this, mm-hmm. this is a thing to fake gym shoes in um so you know we've played around with that quite a lot um, and you know where we landed is we talk about a lot of Topics, issues, um, you know, subjects that really have nothing to do with backpacks. So we mm-hmm. we kind of like key into this 14 to 20 year old this Gen Z generation on other platforms outside of just like we sell great product. So in our consumer research, we started listening and and and, and understanding that uh, mental health and teen mental health in particular is a is a big big concern for this generation. You know, they're worried about it. They're worried about their friends. They're worried about teen suicide. They're worried about their own ability to cope with a, a really fast-changing world and with huge global things that are coming at them, like the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we as a brand consider like, how do we how do we help? How do we provide a platform for a young person to have this conversation? And maybe even offer some resources or some shared experiences that they can relate to just to demonstrate that we get them Mm -hmm. and really that's kind of half the battle at the end of the day we are a business and we want you to buy a because we do think that they are the best backpacks on the market and i do believe that but in between you know that end point Um, We do have a lot of shared values with this generation. And I think demonstrating that and letting them know that, hey, yeah, we do get you. We do understand what you're going through. We do understand this is a, you know, a very complicated time in your youth. Mm -hmm. That goes a long way toward, you know, making that connection. So we focus on that. We focus a lot on product. But we Mm -hmm. focus on the consumer
0: and kind of let that consumer lead us. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing like the conversation happening now more and people being more comfortable talking about, um, you know, mental health issues. But you're right. There's um, there's a lot going on in teens today. I mean, they have some of the highest uh, suicide rates and self-harm rates. It is definitely, you know, as a parent myself, it's very concerning. I do want to put something to that. Like
1: we have this generation thanks to them,
0: you know, Mm-hmm. I think
1: really advanced the conversation when I was oh, absolutely. growing up, like you didn't, if you had anxiety or over depression or if you had a parent who was experiencing those symptoms, you did not talk about it. It was mm-hmm. a tattoo subject. So just back to, um, you know, destigmatizing the conversation and mm-hmm. being able to advance and share those experiences, I think has really gone a long way um, toward advancing, you know, some of that, the help and the resources and the tools that we can use to to make things better.
0: Absolutely. I did want to kind of expand on that a little bit. And so, um, you know, kind of what then as a brand, what are those conversations and look like with consumers? You mentioned, you know, mental health and, and kind of driving conversations, but what, what does that actually look like when it comes to, yeah. you know, communication with, with consumers? Right, because we're not a healthcare agency. And we're, we're
1: very aware of that. We're not, we're not going to, to heal anyone necessarily. But we really try to meet the moment and we try to meet mm-hmm. where they are. So our mental health campaign began in, in 2020 when most students in the Americas region were told not to come back to school. Mm-hmm. And they would have to set up remote learning stations in their house. And there was no end date to that. There was, you know, well, there were a few end dates, right, but they kept changing. Yeah. And this had a huge effect on the student population in, in the States. So how do what part do we play? Well, we can't affect policies around when kids are going to reenter school. But we did acknowledge that it was a hard time. We held live sessions with an amazing therapist um, named Nedra Tawab and a couple of other therapists that we partnered with. And we invited our consumer. We invited whoever wanted to come into our live sessions to ask questions, to listen, to just sometimes acknowledging it's okay to not feel okay. Mm -hmm. Um, That has become a bit of a cliche now, but at the time, it was something that we really wanted to share with young people. It is okay to not feel okay about the fact that for the last 15 years or 10 years, you've been going back to school in August and September. This year, you have to stay home because there's something, there's a germ going around that is Mm -hmm. legal. And that was a lot for young people to to deal with. What part do we play? So the sharing it <laughs> actually lightens that load for a young person. And our campaign was called Lighten the Load. Mm-hmm. And it was a series of conversations, uh, sharing experiences. We we sent cameras out to homes of young people who were willing to share their mental health journey with us and and had and used those videos in our in our campaign. And we kind of just Opened up the conversation and gave a plat, handed our platform over to young people to, to continue that conversation, and that's
0: that was a lot <laughs> at the time, um, and it's evolved from there. Oh, that's really, it's very touching, um, and I think definitely kind of also touches upon you know, that authenticity trend, the the trend, the call for authenticity and meaningful conversations and connections between brands and consumers and making sure that, you know, um, you align with each other's um, identities. And so I think that's, that's really cool that you guys kind of really focused in on that during the pandemic, really just making sure that you know, your customers are good, that the people who shop from you are good. And, you know, while so many people were focusing on, okay, what can we sell, you know, during this time? Yeah. It's like, how can we connect during this time? We accepted during that time that when kids
1: don't go back to school, they don't buy backpacks. Exactly. You know, we need to, we need to factor this into our business and and shift to understand what these kids are going through. And, um, And kind of stay there for a bit. And we did. And, you know, as the as the recovery began, you know, sort of post-COVID and uh, young people were going back to school and starting to figure out what post-COVID learning would look like. You know, we came back with um, kind of a tongue in cheek comedy series (laughs) talking about like you know, how ridiculous a new normal is. There is no <laughs> new normal. This is a new territory, you know, now school is hybrid and I'm still going to be remote sometimes when the pandemic surges. And, um, you know, I didn't see my friends for a year. Oh, and by the mm-hmm. way, I need to catch up academically. So we actually yeah. appeared with a uh, drag artist named Jam Sport. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did, a, we did a comedy series, just kind of like trying to add a little bit of levity to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because and i that kind of humor really relates with, with Gen Z and, and they like it and they're real, you know, this generation is very, very real. And they (laughs) lean into authentic conversations about what's really going on. So we, we talked to them about that (laughs) in in the next back to school.
0: Absolutely. I love it. Switching gears a little bit now that we are you know somewhat i guess past the pandemic although you know those of us who have been sick with flus and covids and colds this this fall would probably say otherwise but kids are back in school kids are shopping for backpacks again so let's talk about some of the big product trends that you're seeing right now i'd love to get your take on that nostalgia trend that we're seeing and kind of hear from you on that. what do you think is driving that trend
1: I think that's a great question. And it's something that we are we are trying to figure out. And also,
0: you know, we're happily
1: writing. <laughs> um, I think that if you are 15, 16, 17, 18 today,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: you may be looking back at the late 90s, mid to late 90s, maybe the 80s, early 2000s, at a time when things are maybe simpler. You know, mm-hmm. they, there weren't as many distractions, climate change didn't feel like quite the catastrophe that we know it is today. Um, you know, there's less noise, social media hadn't quite ramped up to the to the, you know, stage that it's at right now. And I think that there's an affinity for that kind of simpler, more real time. And there's, you know, there's a nostalgia about that. It's like, I wanna we're seeing trends in like DIY and baking and um you know, uh, upcycling. So taking, taking a product and and making it yours and making it Mm -hmm. new again, um, thrifting. Right. And, and I think that just speaks to just how chaotic, uncertain, um, and, uh, busy and noisy their lives are right now. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, how do we lean into that? Well, you know, we were, a pretty popular brand back then, so uh, and as we are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, you know, I think they look at Jansport. And they're like, "Hey, Jansport's been around for a long time. They must be pretty good, you know." And, and I like the, I like the uh, kind of the feeling that a tried and true and trusted brand gives me when I when I wear it, mm-hmm. and that that works out. We have done something very well for 50 years, so I think that's, I think that's sort of like our our calling card to this generation. Mm-hmm. We are also, you know, one of the most, if not the most, sustainable backpack brand on the market right now. Not only do we make products that are going to last for 50 years, and they do, if it breaks or fails, you can send it back to us and we'll fix it or repair it mm-hmm. or give you a new one um, for free. And that's a guarantee that we make to every consumer. You know, and we're also, Gensport is, is real, you know, we've never really tried to, to, we're not fussy. Well, we've never tried to do something we're not. And I do think that in this era of nostalgia and harkening back to a simpler time, that, that you know, authenticity really resonates.
0: Yes, like, yeah, I was going to ask too, you know, how, how do you guys find the balance between, you know, being a sustainable brand and promoting sustainability while also trying to you know, remain cool and trendy and relevant. How do how do you kind of find that balance?
1: By taking materials that are already on this planet and finding a way to make thread out of them, and putting that thread back into our backpacks. So it, it is my goal, eventually, and I don't know when we can make this happen, but my uh, dream <laughs> is to make JanSport backpacks out of old JanSport backpacks, so that That's we are entirely that. circular. Right now we're sourcing plastics. Uh, we have a, a, um, a factory and a, a material supplier that takes those plastic materials, melts them down, um, you know, uh, spins them into thread, and then that thread is woven into our very, very durable backpacks. And now eight out of 10 of our backpacks are made out of that post-consumer recycled plastic. That has been a process. That didn't happen overnight. We started down that road of, how can we take? More junk out of the environment mm-hmm. and put less junk into the environment. We started down that path years ago, and and we're there. We have a, we have a long way to go, but we're on the journey toward again my dream <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> of, of being entirely circular. So you know, for us at Jansport, and, and luckily I have a, this amazing team here who believes in in being more sustainable and in, in mm-hmm. sourcing every material we can that already, that comes from the earth, that is maybe regenerative, um, you know, so that we are a healthier company and so that overall we are a healthier planet. We all believe that. So that's that's how we go at it. It's super important to us, but we know it's also really important to the people who, who buy us. So it, it works out in that way, we share that value.
0: Fantastic. And I, I'm curious, you know, how How do you kind of envision that? Would uh, consumers probably send their backpacks back in and then, you know, receive some type of like credit or voucher for a new backpack percentage mm-hmm. off? or?
1: Uh, I mean, I can hire you right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: exactly how it would work. It's like if you, if you send it, if you send your backpack back to us, we'll even pay shipping. This is eventually this is not happening right now yes, <laughs> yes. But down the road <laughs> or drop it into a barrel that's staged at tilly's or kohl's or target right drop your old backpack off we'll pick it up we'll take it we'll give you a 25 percent off or something for your next jansport and we'll take that and we'll recycle those materials now we have some hurdles there right our backpacks still have some coatings on them this mm-hmm. coatings, to figure out how to you know how to how to um sort of stabilize those coatings or, you know, break them apart and and, mm-hmm. and loot them so that we're not passing, you know, coatings into new or chemicals into new products. We've got mm-hmm. some things we have to figure out, but it's absolutely possible someday in the
0: future. I love it. I love that it's top of mind for you. And I um I have full faith you guys will figure that out. And um, I'm really excited uh, to see it happen. I always love, love hearing about, you know, uh, heritage and, and legacy brands, you know, really kind of focusing and trying to double down on sustainability. You know, you guys have been around for a long time, so you don't have to do it, but you want to do it, and and yeah, I definitely, I really, really value that about you guys. Well, thank um, you. I yeah. think it's imperative. I
1: really do. I think we, I think yeah. we do have to do it. I think all
0: brands have to do it,
1: but again, that's me on my soapbox. <laughs>
0: Well, yes, that is the that is the hope that all brands will do it, um, and that in cons- and that consumers will um, you know continue to make those purchases. But you know they're they already you guys have so much brand equity um, you know among consumers. So I think just are having that as as a service and an offering will just you know just make for a better path forward. Very cool. So I did want to hear, you know, are there any other big trends that you're keeping your eye on? Are you starting to think about maybe Gen Alpha and how they, the incoming class, um, is going to kind of impact the way that you brand your products or your design or anything like that? You know, what backpacks will look like for them? Will they be the same?
1: Well, so they will not be the same. By the time Jet Alpha is begging <laughs> their mom and dad to buy a dance Sport, our, our backpacks will probably, you know, look and feel a little bit different than they do today. And most of that has to do with the materials that are mm-hmm. available to us, the materials that we're, you know, attempting to source that are more Earth-friendly. Um, you know, we're even looking at some um, some like buckles and things that are made out of methane. So taking methane out of the <laughs> environment, and making our plastic bo- uh, buckles, we're looking at you know instead of using synthetic foams, you know using mm-hmm. it's like algae and and some other like regenerative um, materials. So now I think our backpacks will look different. It for Gen A for Gen Z right now. though, the the trends that we're seeing are toward um, you know some of the the basic. Um, expectations of a backpack like it's got to have water bottle pockets you know the mm-hmm. pilot is being up and every student now every person carries a water bottle and sometimes two so making sure <laughs> that we have those pockets making sure that we have a laptop sleeve everyone carries a laptop or an ipad around now um so uh you know how do we how do we make sure that that's comfortable and that that equipment that te- technology for each student is protected mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's a big part of, of our product mix. And just from like a kind of a uh, more like a uh, trend, you know, kind of like high level trend standpoint, Gen Z wants things that are a little bit softer, a little bit cozier, that, that add comfort to their lives, that don't feel mm-hmm. stiff and rough. And so, you know, we, we've got some products out right now in corduroy, which is, again, kind of a throwback material from the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s but it, it's soft and it's it, it feels good on their backs and it lends a kind of a feeling of sort of luxury and it's it's comforting <laughs> we're looking toward building some products that could that are so soft and cozy maybe they could act as your pillow if you have got to take a 20 minute nap like on a bench you know, um so we're kind of you know leading into some of those um simpler you know, more tactile more comforting and cozy trends that we're seeing in fashion and in, in some other areas of, of their lives but um, again you know being being real to who we are and and using some of those very kind of basic materializations that actually can mm-hmm. change your mood you know be mood inducing those are some of the things we're looking at in in gen z trend and culture right now very cool
0: and i will say you can't down um... Can't see my pants right now, but I am wearing corduroy pants. And they are indeed very cozy, very soft.
1: And you know,
0: the the point about the water bottle, yeah, I, I think this is probably the most hydrated uh generation there's probably ever been. When I was in school, there was a water fountain and we would go like twice a day and then like go home and drink water, you know, like nine hours later. But uh, so you. it's it's to go to track practice without a water bottle. Yeah,
1: you I mean, going think about it. But, but we're yeah, also, we're, you know, an average of what, like four degrees hotter now. Um, this is true.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I love that you know you guys are kind of you know adapting to these new trends. Kids are drinking more water, which is great. So they need to have a pocket for their their water bottle. They need to have fabrics that are softer and cozier, like you said. Um, And so how do you go about kind of identifying these trends then? Do you have a a team? Do you, you know, kind of look at data to tell you Mm -hmm. you these trends? Like, can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Uh,
1: We absolutely do have a team. It's our CGMT team. And Mm -hmm. uh, CGMT means color, graphics, materialization, and trend. Mm -hmm. And they actually publish an internal... um, like e is what they call it. Um, it's called Genzine. Zine. Nice. Love it. Pull, Yeah. <laughs> well, so we need that internally. I, I'm not a member of this generation, but I need to know <laughs> what Genz is mm-hmm. on right now and what they're going to be gravitating toward, what their behaviors might be two years from now too. Mm-hmm. So this team pulls together those trends for us. They look out two years and sometimes more and look at how macro trends global macro trends might inform how consumers at every age and we focus on gen z but we talk about millennials we talk about gen a Mm -hmm. as well how they're going to be um uh you know what they're going to be gravitating toward they're going to be loving what you know what colors prints uh patterns are going to be cool 18 months from now and they bring all of that in and then we have a go-to-market process that you know it starts with we call it zero zero where everyone comes together we talk about sales trends we talk about macro trends we talk about you know fashion trends we talk about the economy we talk about new innovations and that's kind of where it starts and we build from there we work about 18 months out each season so far we you know that team has kept us honest and Mm -hmm. so that's so that's one thing we do gen zine Mm -hmm. is, is like our internal education, and it comes from a from really talented group of people. Uh, but also, yeah, we have daily feedback, uh, mostly from our website and from some of our wholesale data as well, like NPD, that tells mm-hmm. us what consumers are gravitating toward, what they love, what they're not loving. You know, we've got some prints and patterns that don't land <laughs> with our yeah. consumers. You know, we have to go, okay, like they're not into house tooth right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or they're really loving deep juniper corduroy, which is what's happening right now. Our our CGMT team said, you know, deep juniper, which is like a dark green corduroy, mm-hmm. it's going to be huge in 2022, and you know, it's it is sold out on our website right now. So they they nailed that one. But we have daily um daily data data feeds and sales reports that we can take a look at and understand what consumers are doing, what's really working with them, and what's not. And I for one, pay a lot of attention, a lot of
0: attention to those, to those sets. Fantastic, um, Deep Juniper Corduroy, twenty twenty three. You heard it here first. Um.
1: <laughs> well, so <laughs> Spider Man, No Way Home. Last, <laughs> it's actually one year ago, but that trend is still. You know, a lot of folks are still watching Spider Man on Netflix, and uh, Peter Parker wore a Deep Juniper right pack, Chapsman right pack in that movie. Oh. And- so it was one of our um, one of our cool. most searched words on jamsport.com was green green Jansport backpack.
0: Wow, very cool. Well, I definitely think you guys uh, are doing something right. Um, you've been able to stay relevant among today's young people for you know well over fifty years, and you know into the future as well. So I guess I, lastly, I want to ask you, Monica, before we wrap, is you know kind of what are you what are you looking forward to in the new year? and is there anything we should keep our eye out on that Jansport is doing? Probably the uh,
1: the one story I'm the most excited about for the new year is a product that we've spent a couple of years on now and we're finally bringing it to market. So Jansport from day one from those early days that we talked about has been a brand for everyone and you know everyone's invited <laughs> we, You'll see a Jamsport backpack on, you know, the quarterback at school, and you'll see a Jamsport backpack on a theater kid or, you know, someone who's into, you know, Megadeth or whatever, <laughs> you know, different types of music. Everyone, uh, you know, we are a brand for everyone. And we started talking to the um, adaptive community about how we can service young people or all people in wheelchairs better with a bag that truly adapts to their wheelchair and works for them. And it's easy to get into and, and is actually made specifically for their wheelchair. So we've been working on that with the adaptive community. We've done a ton of focus groups and product testing, and we think we've gotten it right. And, uh, we're launching that product in January. So we are making our first wheelchair backpack.
0: And that's amazing
1: yeah we're super excited um to share that with the adaptive community and also to you know that we truly are kind of standing behind what we believe is that there is a bag for everybody mm-hmm. and um,
0: yeah can't wait to can't wait to uh, to get it on the shelves wow that's that's really cool and um you know I love that i I think we're seeing more retailers kind of, start to create adaptive products, which I just absolutely love to see. And then also, you know, normalizing it and making it so that, um, you know, people who have disabilities or disabled or, you know, have different support needs, that they can find the same products in the mm-hmm. same spaces. You don't have to custom order things, can look just like their peers. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And I'm I'm excited to see it. So thank well, you for sharing that with me. us. You actually just pointed out the most important um, tenant to this whole project.
1: When we worked with models who are in wheelchairs, that's what we heard from them over mm-hmm. and over. Did a really great video shoot that we'll be releasing in a few weeks. And uh, our models told us like, hey, like, w- w- you know, we go beyond the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let, we're, let's, you know, l- let's normalize this conversation. And hopefully, you know. By making something that actually is you know, something that every other kid wears and just happens to be fitted to a
0: wheelchair, we can help normalize mm-hmm. that position. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, if your team could share that with us once the campaign goes live, we'd love it to share it with our audience. Um, I think they would really appreciate uh, learning about that more. He will absolutely share that with you. Fantastic. Well, Monica, I want to thank you again for hopping on the show today. It's um, been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and learning more about Jansport and some of the truly um, incredible campaigns that you've launched and will be launching in the future. So thank you again for joining. Well, the pleasure has been all mine. And thank you so much, Gabriela. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast.